Hey friends, Rich here from Unseminary. Is your church looking at expanding this year? Are you looking at maybe helping a church plant get out and launch on its own? Or maybe you're looking at launching a multi-site maybe in 2023 or 2024? I want you to reach out to our friends at Portable Church. You see, one of the things that we know is that most new church plants and multi-site campuses end up in some sort of setup, teardown, portable situation. And you could try to do it on your own, but you know what? You will save money if you talk to and time and burnout of your volunteers. If you talk to a strategic outsider, and that's what our friends over at Portable Church are all about. They're about helping you expand your ministry to go beyond your one location, whether it's through planting a campus or launching a church plant. Church planners who focus on building their core team and partner with the portability experts at Portable Church Industries hit the ground running and make a bigger impact long-term. Can we have some real talk here for a second? You might be able to save more in the short term if you do this yourself, but believe me, I've seen this so many times. Churches that try to do this themselves who don't have a strategic outsider like Portable Church end up wasting money, burning out volunteers, uh, and really lose focus, particularly in that first year when it really is all about building that core team. So this is what I want you to do. If you are thinking about launching a new church plant or a campus in the next six months to 36 months, I want you to reach out to portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary today. That is portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary today. If you're looking at planting in the next six to 36 months. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in today. Super excited for today's conversation. A repeat guest, which you know when it's a repeat guest, this is somebody that you are going to want to lean in on, Lee Coat. He is the executive pastor at The Crossing in Vegas, as well as the president of Gromentum Group. Gromentum Group offers executive leadership coaching, strategic momentum consulting, and customized, really, solutions to help organizations reach their full potential. Lee, so glad that you are here today. Thanks for being on the show. Rich, thanks for having me back, man. I enjoy getting to connect with you, and uh, it's good to to connect with you even when we're not riding our pelotons and actually being able to have a conversation. <laughs> exactly. So I feel exactly. like we should be on our pelotons riding. Uh, we have it's true. It's, it's good true. to be with you guys and all the church leaders that will be listening. Hopefully, this will be a helpful conversation. Yeah, it's true. I do love the peloton. We've gone through this this challenge every day of the month challenge, which is was really fun actually, and it was people all from all over North America, and which is really cool. This is a small group. It was kind of a fun. I was the waking peloton's up. Every fantastic. day, I was waking up every day to those messages, you know, hey, I did my ride, I did my ride. So it was very motivational for those of us on the West Coast that were coming in later to the process. Uh, yeah. I don't I, The people that ride at the end of the day, I'm always like, that's impressive. I cannot do that. Like the guys that ride like at night, I'm like, that's crazy. That's, that's something. No, I'm a first, first thing in the morning, whatever it is, has got to happen or it's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Well, what we want to do today, I want to take advantage of the fact that you have a, a really well. First of all, fill out the story. Tell us a little bit more about Gromentum. Tell us about you, you know the church. Give us what what did I miss there in that description? Uh, you you did well. You didn't miss much, but you know, mm-hmm. um, Rich. You know, after about 35, 40 years of ministry, you know, and and this season where I still feel like 
you know, there's a lot to contribute. I'm still operating on a day-to-day basis um, mm-hmm. as an executive pastor here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of boots on the ground on a regular basis, but also over the last few years have come together with Tae Chung, who is really the founder and the CEO of a group that we call Growmentum. And it really mm-hmm. kind of accelerated like many things in COVID as church mm-hmm. leaders kind of, you know, took hit after hit and were really looking for some, um, some place to come together. And so Grominum really mm-hmm. has evolved, but it's also accelerated. We're working with churches mm-hmm. all over the country, even have a couple now in Canada. So there you go, Rich. Nice, love and, it. And uh, so it's, it's really just um, us partnering and our mission is really to help them accomplish their mission. We really mm-hmm. value relationships and partnerships in that process. And so some of what we do uniquely is kind of a full access relationship. So we have mm-hmm. a lot of guys that are on the executive level that, you know, are not only doing some of the formal stuff that we do boots on the ground with them and with their team, but also, you know, Hey, they're reaching out on a regular basis, which makes mm-hmm. my text messages and emails and all of that really interesting. But if I can contribute from an objective standpoint, right, we all need yes. those individuals that are not there in it so mm-hmm. that we can work on it with them. So one of our, um, things that we say our axioms is we want to be that group that helps you work on it when you're in the midst of working in it. And what mm-hmm. the challenge is when we are pulling away, we're pulling our team away, or we're just having a meeting that the agenda is work on it. Mm-hmm. We all realize that the work in it is not happening. And so mm-hmm. it has to be really, really intentional because mm-hmm. the drift to the work in it is always going to be the pull. And Mm -hmm. so part of what we've tried to do with clients and then just people that are in our network is just one, that encouragement to work on it and then tools Mm -hmm. and things that they can have that conversation around. I mean, you see this all Mm -hmm. the time, Rich. It's like guys Mm -hmm. going, man, I've got this meeting or I want my culture to get better. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I've got a meeting in 20 minutes and I want to mm-hmm. build the team culture. I have no <laughs> clue what to do. And so yes. we try to provide them with regular tools as well, both in conversations mm-hmm. and through other resources to do yeah. that. And so hopefully today will be a bit more of that, maybe on a mm-hmm. wider scale as we yeah. kind of talk together. Yeah, I love it. So good. And I love your heart for serving church leaders. And, you know, friends, I, I'm a huge fan of a, having a strategic outsider, someone who can provide that, like you say, work on it, uh, you know, when you're in the midst of working in it. And so just so good. And I so want to encourage people to get make it, make sure they get a chance to connect with you and, and with Growmentum. I think you guys do great work. So you have an interesting vantage point because you see a lot of different churches, a lot of different, um, whether it's, you know, direct co- coaches, the churches that you're coaching, or it's just through, you know, discussions with other folks in Growmentum. When you think about um, you know, the issues that seem to be top of mind that you keep coming back to time again, or maybe you keep seeing the impact of those like, oh, here's, here's like a, um, you know, a thing that we just keep seeing, you know, as we're, as I look around the landscape, what would that be? What would be some of those things that come, you know, time and again, that, uh, that you think might be interesting for us to tackle today? I think I'll start with this one. And, um, yeah. I, what we like to say is this, it's like, you know, we, we've kind of become so short-sighted in our leadership in, mm-hmm. uh, in our vision. So we become, we've got into the habit of being short-sighted in our vision that now we've, we as leaders are struggling probably in mm-hmm. life, but specifically in the church mm-hmm. to really begin to think in a much more futuristic way. Let me explain what I mean. Like during COVID, mm-hmm. and again, I, I don't want to have COVID conversations as you don't either. Rich, right? We're like, we're, we're all so fatigued. But yes. I think one of the things that we learned there is we were forced habitually 
to think as leaders in a very short-sighted manner, right? We mm. were, you were doing it. We were doing it. Mm. You were encouraging and coaching guys like, mm. we don't know what's going to happen. You're, you're on a 30 mm. to 60 day plan, right? And yep, that's what yep. we were doing. And that was mm. necessary. Mm. But what happened, I believe, as I'm starting to talk to guys is that sort of became ingrained. Right. So now right. it's like all of a sudden we start to emerge and it's like, how do we get far-sighted again? We've become so nearsighted in our style. And then you couple that with whatever leadership fatigue they're they're mm-hmm. dealing with, whatever the team exhaustion they're dealing with, and then to go, okay, how do we get far-sighted again? So a right. lot of the work that we've been doing specifically in the last year and a half is helping guys to build some structure that would begin mm-hmm. to bring that far-sightedness back into view for them. Right. Mm. When we talk a lot and we'll talk in a minute about some team health things, I think one Mm. of the key components of team health is also making sure that the team actually understands the unique missional objective that we as a Mm. a church are trying to accomplish. Right. Mm. We say something to grow men and we say strategy drives our vision through our values towards our mission. Right. Mm. And so mission, mission is the same for all churches. Matthew 28, Jesus kind of gave it to us, Mm -hmm. so we can't really change it, right? We don't have that (laughs) option, but we all say it in different ways. We all use our own language, right? So Mm -hmm. um, then we get to values and values are really unique. I think values are actually Mm -hmm. under under, um, appreciated. So that's a secondary thing we've been looking at with churches Mm -hmm. is like sometimes churches just kind of throw values on the wall or, you know, it's something on their website, but values to me, should be what's unique why do you exist Mm. when our church exists up the street or that other church exists it's because there's a uniqueness to who you are what Mm. you guys care about and so Mm. we've got to filter all of our decisions through that so we challenge teams right now really to get more far-sighted in their vision and then Mm. are your values more actual or more aspirational Right? Mm, and really oh, have good. a conversation around that. Like, are these values mm. that we're just, and it's okay to have, Rich, a few aspirational mm. things. Mm-hmm. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But to just mm. be aware that currently, um, whatever it might be, you know, we want to be mm. a come-as-you-are environment. Is mm-hmm. that actually happening or is that just mm-hmm. more aspirational? If it's more aspirational, right. maybe we can build some more farsighted vision around how to make that more true. And then right. the last thing really goes to vision which mm-hmm. is like 10 or three years and then strategy, which is like, what do mm-hmm. we need to do tomorrow? Like, what do we need to do tomorrow to make right. sure that that mission gets accomplished? So that's a long answer, but I really see that more and more being the case of like, how do we get leaders farsighted and how do they lean back into why they uniquely are positioned where they are? Oh, I love that. Let's talk about that farsighted uh, issue first. What would be some of the kind of evidence that you're seeing in churches that maybe we're not thinking far enough down the road that we're, you know, we're, we're being too, you know, we're thinking too much about this weekend or we're caught too much in, in, uh, you know, this kind of current situation rather than looking up over the hill. Yeah. I think it's a continuation of that work in it conversation, right? The the demands. I mean, that's not a new, that's not new ground we're treading, right? The demands of the day and, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. I think as leaders, like if you're an executive level leader or you're leading mm-hmm. a team, I think mm-hmm. part of it is we have to really be intentional to model that, right? Mm-hmm. If we're affirming all the work in it all the time or every meeting that we're having, it has an agenda mm-hmm. that's very work in it, that's going to become just by nature very nearsighted. Oh, but if good. we're having time that we're intentionally setting aside to say, listen, we're going to work on it in this, in this environment. Like we actually, I actually believe that teams need a rhythm in meetings that doesn't just have a part of the meeting that's work on it, 
I don't think that works. I think the work in it will always invade and overwhelm. Mm -hmm. I actually would encourage our listeners, if whatever their rhythm of meeting with their team is, to actually mm -hmm. isolate that work on at time. Oh, love it. And it, yeah. needs, and it needs to happen minimally on a monthly basis, right? So then it's not just a quarterly or a, or a yearly annual offsite, but it's a, it's a, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't even have mm -hmm. to be any longer than your normal meeting rhythm, but just mm -hmm. like we're clearing the decks and mm -hmm. we're going to work on it a little bit. I mean, here mm -hmm. at the crossing where I'm at serving every day, man, mm -hmm. we've, we've, we've wrestled with that same challenge. So it's not something right. I'm just observing as I'm out there <laughs> yes. doing it. It's something yeah. that I'm, I'm living out in a, in mm -hmm. a real way. You know, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, so that's part of it. When you think about the ratio, even if we're thinking at a high level around, okay, our team's time invested, do we think like, is it like a, you know, a third of our time, 10% of our time? How much, you know, when you think about is a good healthy rhythm, it probably depends on the church, but how often should we be thinking about, like, I need to get my team away to be thinking about stuff that's up over the horizon? I, I would loosely say there should be a once a month rhythm of a normal non non uh, evasive meeting that's work on it. Sure. You know, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, we're just in the room and, and we're just all coming together. I would say quarterly, I would mm -hmm. encourage at least a half day with mm -hmm. your executive, those that are decision makers. And mm -hmm. then of course, annually, a day or two mm -hmm. away to really set that far sighted vision um, that's going. We've 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 introduced a lot of churches to EOS. And mm -hmm. using that system, some of your listeners will know it. Um, mm -hmm. We we don't dive deep into it because we believe that, you know, 99% of churches, I just made that number up, Rich, but you know, <laughs> the large, large percentage of churches, if they could just get a 10-year target, right, paint a three-year picture and operate mm -hmm. on a one-year plan quarter by quarter, if they just did that on a right. regular basis and just wash, rinse, repeat, they would start to see their mission that we've been given, this huge mission we've been given we would start to see that actually start to gain some ground if we could just get there. So that's right. a big deal. Right. Love it. I think it's Let's... funny, Rich. We actually chart, we actually challenge guys. We'll, we'll say, Hey, tell us what your, you know, give us a sentence or two or two or three bullet points. When we start a relationship with them, like what mm -hmm. is your 10 year target? You would be shocked how hard that is for senior level leaders. Mm -hmm. And I know some of it is because the recent coaching has always been, everything changes so fast. You shouldn't think further out. I think mm. I disagree with that a little bit because I think mm. target is very wide. It, it's not specific, right? right? So like here at the crossing, I'll, I'll rattle off our target. Our target that mm. we've come up with is in 10 years, the crossing will be a multi-generational, multi-ethnic network of churches with a median age of 35 that has doubled its outward focused impact. Okay. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? In, mm. What is a network of churches? We actually don't know yet. Right. <laughs> like, what does that mean? But I'll tell you what, if we have a target of a median age of 35, because our, mm -hmm. our lead pastor is going to be mm -hmm. moving on mm -hmm. in that realm, we yeah. got to do some strategic thinking around that, don't we? Right. That's not going to happen right. magically. So right. we put that in our target so that now when we start painting a picture and working mm -hmm. every, every year and every, or every quarter, we're thinking about how does this contribute to that target more mm -hmm. likely being hit. And there's last thing. If we don't hit the target and we fall a little short, who cares? Yeah, yeah. you've gone a long <laughs> because way. The exactly. Yes. Correct. And so yeah, we've yeah. got to coach guys to get them out of thinking that target is like a is a, is something that's like restricting. It's actually mm -hmm. free. Well, and I love that because there's there's like a you've identified okay. even in your ten year target there like durable long term. Um, 
aspirational and actual goals for the organization that kind of regardless of what happens between here and there, like the getting younger is a durable issue. We've got to figure out how to do that. The becoming multi-generational, becoming multi-ethnic, like those are like, it's not like 10 years from now, the world's going to change so much that we're going to say, you know what? I think we should have a less multi-ethnic church. Like that's just not the way the world's going, right? The reality of it is on that issue alone, every zip code in the country is more diverse today than it was 10 years ago. And it will be more diverse 10 years from now. And so our church, unless we get passionate about how we're going to do that, um, we'll just drift. We won't drift in the right direction. I love that. I and what's, so good. what's what's exciting is, as, as I mentioned a moment ago, as Rich, that was so good, as, as challenging as it mm-hmm. is, when we get the team in the room and the, and the lead guy has worked with us ahead of time and he's got that sentence or that three or four mm-hmm. points and we, we make him the hero. So we step sure. away and he stands yeah, up yeah. in front and goes, here's what I believe the target is. You, you know what happens to the team that's sitting there, mm-hmm. right? Oh, All of a yeah. sudden they're going, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. like, right. Mm-hmm. And some of that is just give us a target. Yes. But yes. Then on top of that is like, I can get excited rally, to get yeah. up every day and Absolutely. rally around that objective because that mm-hmm. informs what I'm going to do on a daily mm-hmm. basis. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. Well, let's, let's, let's hone in on the team issue specifically. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the team there. I know lots of folks that are listening in are executive pastors or senior, you know, lead pastors, and we've got a team. What are you seeing on that front? You know, as you're helping leaders lead their teams, are there regular patterns you're running into or things that we should be wrestling with and thinking through in this age? Um, I think this is probably a pattern that has always been there. I think it's mm-hmm. probably a little bit accelerated um, at the moment. Um, and that is the dynamic between um, some of our ma- more mature leaders and some mm-hmm. of our emerging leaders and that mm-hmm. dynamic. Again, I know that it's always been there, but I mm-hmm. believe that maybe with some of the acceleration that we've seen with um uh, especially our emerging leaders, like maybe a little bit, and I mean this in a in a kind way, but a little bit of impatience sometimes mm. that emerges there. I think the dynamic between our emerging leaders and our more mature leaders is um, definitely um, something that is an ongoing conversation that I'm mm-hmm. having and also an observation. So when mm-hmm. I'm sitting with teams, it's like, okay, how do mm-hmm. I rally these younger leaders while also mm-hmm. maintaining a bit of like um, my... Um, experience or, or my mm-hmm. desires or my, my best practices that as me as the senior leader needs to mm-hmm. see. So I'm personally wrestling with that as well, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in this season of my life, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've changed my life mission and I went on sabbatical last summer and came out of it. And one of the things I, it's not a perfect statement, but I'm still wrestling with is, you know, personally, I believe as I'm in my fifties, the next 10 years mm-hmm. of my life is really, you know, how is God, how has God powerfully positioned me? to influence and serve the leader that I once was, right? Mm. These younger leaders. So how can I, how am I now powerfully positioned by my experience, et cetera, not Mm. to just continue to be Lee accelerating, but to influence Mm. and serve the person that I once was, that I can see Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. me, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's driven a lot of the conversation around that and how Mm. leaders um, can, because we want younger leaders, don't we? But right. we really don't know <laughs> what to do with them sometimes. Yes. Because they, yeah, they can be challenging. Yeah, let's pull that apart. Like, I think, you know, this is so, I think, germane is at the core of 
so many of our of issues, whether it's um, you know succession issues or staff development issues, or even that that aging down issue we just talked about. It's like we all, you know, I, I remember years ago a friend of mine said, you know, the the problem with deciding that you want to lead leaders is that they want to lead, and so when you gather young leaders around you, the problem with that is they're young leaders, and so. Um, you know, I think, you know, you and me are in that kind of like, I don't feel like an old leader yet. I just feel like a leader, but I'm definitely not a young leader anymore. I know that. So help us think that through a little bit. What, how, what, how should we be wrestling with it as maybe someone who does have a few more laps on the, you know, on the car, what are some things we should be looking at to kind of engage next generation leaders? It's interesting listening to you when you said that, because I've talked to pastors all the time, both with their staff and probably mm -hmm. even with the volunteers, which is another mm -hmm. conversation. But they're constantly mm -hmm. saying to me, I know you're hearing this too, like, how do I, how do I get more high capacity leaders, right? How do I get right. stronger leaders? And mm -hmm. I, I've rarely said this, but I've often thought this, <laughs> that I don't know if we are actually prepared for what a high capacity leader would demand of us. Think mm -hmm. about the high capacity leaders in the workplace. If, if I get some of, and I've experienced this, if I get some of those people engaged at the church, they're not playing. Like they need right. to know what are we doing? Where are we going? Right. I have a limited right. time. I have limited resources. What do you need me to do? So I think sometimes mm -hmm. there's a false narrative where leaders are going, I need these high capacity leaders. And if they had them, they wouldn't know what to do with them. It would freak them out. So I think we have right. to think about what is that? Mm -hmm. But specifically with our staff, one of the things, one of the conversations I've been working through with my team um, is something that I jotted down on a napkin at breakfast. I kind of do some of my best thinking with a napkin and a really sharp Sharpie. Um, I sit <laughs> at the same breakfast place all the time. And the other week I was sitting at the same table and I noticed some of my Sharpie was on the table itself. So I probably, I probably, <laughs> probably owe them a new table. But one of the it. things that occurred to me is I was thinking about seasons of life and leadership, right? Not mm -hmm. just yep. younger leaders, but like, what are the seasons? And there's probably a little Richard Rohr and a little John mm -hmm. Eldridge woven into this, yes. but it's, it's the idea of like, and what I'm about to share with you is really not about age, though there's mm -hmm. obviously some age some connections, um, built yeah. in. Correct. Mm -hmm. What I mean when I say it's not about age, I don't think you get to a certain age and you necessarily mm -hmm. transition into this uh, next season. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that good. there's probably some ballpark of like, mm -hmm. this is a season based on age. Um, so let me just give them to the listeners and then you and I can banter around about them. You know, mm -hmm. um, uh, we start with prince or princess, right? Mm -hmm. And that, I think that's probably like our 18 to 25 year olds, right? I'm talking mm -hmm. about your mm -hmm. staff leaders. And mm -hmm. what's interesting about these individuals is we call them prince and princesses. I think the term is is really great because I think it it makes sense for uh, for that season that they're in. And what's mm -hmm. great about the prince and princesses, Rich, mm -hmm. is they have passion. Yes, and they have curiosity. Like right. they are curious, they are asking questions, they are doing all those things. And so right. I love having those principles around. My son is 24. He's just joined our staff here at the crossing. He is a no, prince, it. right? That's yeah. where he is. He's passionate. His life, his season of life allows him, you know, mm -hmm. a little more leeway um, as mm -hmm. far as how engaged he is, right? So their biggest contribution as a prince or prince, if you're listening right now, your biggest mm -hmm. contribution is passion and curiosity, mm -hmm. right? Love but, it, love it. But there's a dark side, and we can stop okay. at each of these. There's four yeah. of them, Rich, if you want yep. to. There's a dark side, and um, it's not going to surprise anybody, but the dark side of a prince or a princess is entitlement. Mm. Right? It's the idea mm. of, like, I want right. to know fast. I know yeah. it all, right? And I want to be at the table. 
right, right now. Right. You know, I've been serving right. here for six months. Why am I not making the, the yes. decisions for the direction of the organization, right? <laughs> and if, if somebody's listening and they feel like I'm an old guy being cruel, I'm not because I was that person too. Yes. So yes. just so you know, yes. we've all been there and been that person yes. and felt that tension. So yeah, that's yeah. the prince and princess stage um, mm-hmm. that's really important. Yeah, let's. So when we think about, so yeah, I think that's a really vivid picture. I think that's a, you know, I think we can picture those people in our, um, in our circles. If we don't have those people, I think sometimes those those people can be flushed out of our organization because it's like we're scared, like you say, of passion and curiosity. We don't know what to do with that. And so it's funny you say that about your own kid. Like my the lead pastor at our church recently, my my daughter is twenty two and she's like super creative and all that, and she. Uh, and he said to my wife recently, he's like, man, we got to figure out some way to, how do we harness that? That's just is so exciting. And I thought that's an interesting word when you think about the prince and princess. It's like, oh, there's a lot of good there, but it's like, hey, how do we get that kind of, you know, in, in the right spot? Um, what are the other ones? What are the other kind of categories? Somebody once said with prince and princess, as I was sharing this a few months ago, mm. somebody told me there was parallels with Paul the apostle. Mm. And they kind of broke it down and said, like, when Paul was a prince, he was the one holding the coats while they were stoning Stephen. You know, he's kind of there, curious about what's going on. It's an interesting playoff. So the second one is um, warrior or warrioress. And mm-hmm. this is probably your 25 to 40. You know, it's right. that season where there's a degree of either purpose that has been uh, discovered or mm-hmm. purpose that is de- at least desired, right? So it's like, right. I have a direction that I want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The warriors and warriors, man, they are so vital because they right. bring the energy to your organization. Like right. my team right now is filled with warriors, man. They are getting bloody every day. They're strapping mm-hmm. a sword on. They've got mm-hmm. the armor. They are mm-hmm. going. And they have, mm-hmm. it seems like they have unlimited energy, right? Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. want, and, and the, the healthy warriors want to, you know, cliche, but they want to make a difference. They want to provide mm. value. They want to mm. do all those things. Right. Uh, the right. dark side of the dark side of warriors is um, burnout. Basically, mm. it's that mm. idea of, you know, I'm in this prime season. Keep running. I feel like, I'm, yeah. yeah, they keep running. And maybe the purpose that they're chasing is not uh, discovered or it, it starts mm. to be elusive. And so mm-hmm. I think some of that can also produce the burnout. I'm doing mm. this over and over and over again and nothing. Mm. I'm not really... I'm not really getting where I want to go. I'm not winning the battles, right? What does that mean? So that can lead mm-hmm. us to some burnout for sure. Love it. So pr- Love it. prince, princess, warrior, warrioresses. Um, yeah, third what's is king next? And, king and yep. queen. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know where you are, Rich. This may be you. Um, I'm definitely a king. And, and yep. when I say those words, sometimes people can think, well, you know, that's uh, that sounds kind of arrogant. That's not the direction. What, what it really means mm-hmm. is the kings and the queens bring experience Right. That's their contribution to the organization and they provide mm-hmm. direction, right? Mm-hmm. So my biggest contribution right now is I've got all these warriors and right. if I'm constantly going, Hey guys, let's go this way. And here's what you mm-hmm. need to be aware of, right? Mm-hmm. And let's sit down together and let's review everything so that I can use my experience to help you avoid things. And mm-hmm. they're like, cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing that's interesting with my warriors is mm-hmm. I need to strap the armor on once in a while. I need to put the sword on. Right. I need mm. to get in it with them. There's certain moments right. where it's like, I need to get in there. But what's interesting is they love that. But then there's mm-hmm. also a moment where they'll say, Lee, we're good. Mm-hmm. We got it. We'll right, let right. you know if we need you again. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, and, and, and I don't want, I don't have the energy to be in there. Now, the, the mm-hmm. dark side of kings and queens is they get, they can check out. 
right? We mm. can get to the point where, you know, we've kind of arrived, maybe we're not as ambitious anymore. Um, we don't have the energy. And so in some ways we can check out and just put our lives, put our leadership lives on cruise control mm-hmm. and nobody, nobody even knows it. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. as a king and queen, it's pretty easy to just kind of sit on the throne and not really right. do anything that's right. moving the organization forward. By the way, wow. Rich, if, if, if you walk into a room and you have to tell someone you're a king or you have to announce that, you're not. <laughs> you're not a king. Yes, not exactly. A king. So if anybody listening, if you've got to go in and say, guys, I listened to yeah. Lee and Rich and I'm a king, you're not the king. Yeah, yeah, no, the totally. King, whenever a king walks in the room, people know the king's in the room or the queen's yeah, in the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. They just know. Yeah, they that's defer. vivid. That's very vivid. And that's interesting you say the dark side around that kind of like being checked out, that being, you know, like not, not as engaged. I remember 10 years ago, I I was with a lead pastor of a very large church and definitely in the King phase. And I remember him saying, he said, and it was like a bit of a shocker. And at the time I was like, I don't get what you're saying. Cause maybe it was more like 15 years ago. He was like, well, you know, this is not like a full-time job. Like this isn't, this doesn't take all of me. Like I, I, and I remember at the time thinking that's very odd. Like that's an odd thing to say. I'm like, you're leading a church at this point was like, you know, tens of thousands of people. And, but now I can kind of see that where I'm like, there's, it it, it can create that opportunity for you to just as, you know, on the negative side of, you know, being a king, just kind of amass your kingdom and sit back and let all the, let all the warriors take care of everything. Interesting. And where I, where I think this is important to talk about with your team is I think Mm -hmm. warriors will get frustrated with kings and queens if they experience that, right? Because again, the warriors, they just want direction. They don't need you fighting every battle, but man, they're going to get frustrated if you don't provide them. And by the way, if you're a warrior, nobody wants Mm -hmm. a warrior that acts like a king. Right. So if you're in a warrior phase, be a warrior, right? When it's time to be a king, we'll all know that. And lean into it. The last one, Rich, is Mm -hmm. what we call a sage or a muse. This is, Mm -hmm. you know, that that latter season of life. And their greatest Mm -hmm. contribution is wisdom and being advisory um, Mm -hmm. as they're on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think this can also be maybe kind of as a side note, um, something that we can look at even as our church. You know, there's Mm -hmm. something about this probably that also speaks to our church, our congregation, our volunteer Mm -hmm. structure, all of those things, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's always Mm -hmm. that tension between what do we do with the more, you know, mature people in our church. But man, Mm -hmm. if someone's a sage and they know that and they embrace it, that is so amazing. That is so healthy. And they can bring that with them. Now, the dark side of a sage is they have an agenda. Okay. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, and we all experience, it's like when you're a sage and I bring you into the room and you say, listen, here's, here's what I've learned. Here's what I think. Here's what I would suggest you do. Go do that. Let me know how that goes. Mm, Right. Okay. Okay. And and they're kind of like, you know, it's not that they're disengaged. They just understand their role. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're a sage and you've got an agenda behind the advice that you're giving, that can Mm -hmm. be unhealthy. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it it can be, it's Mm -hmm. that older staff person that really is giving advice based on. I don't, I don't like these changes or I don't, right. I don't think this, right. They're, they're giving advice mm. with a personal agenda that can mm. be the dark side of being a sage or a muse. Hmm. Hmm. And we so have then, to work really hard to move people along, Rich, in this. We yeah. do. I had a prince that was on my team in the last year and mm-hmm. as their role evolved, we really need them to start warrioring. And mm-hmm. they literally said, not, not with words, but with action. I'm not ready to do that and I don't want to do it. And so they mm-hmm. chose to do mm-hmm. something else. 
right? Because they like being prince. I mean, think about a prince. Princes aren't princes are usually like <laughs> they're not like they they're born that way, right? Like when yeah, you're yeah, a yeah. prince, it's like you just all oh, that's all you know. I'm a prince. Yes. And so yes. you have to move them out of that stage into like, yes. no, it's time to go to battles. So. Yeah, that's I think that's a really helpful framework. It's a creative framework. I think it's a helpful framework too to think because I've even said, I've said to young leaders, like it doesn't bother me as a as a leader to look at somebody in their 20s who is kind of, they're still trying to figure it out. Like they're they're trying different things. They're like in and out of stuff. And but there is, there's a weird moment there, which I've I've said to people, I'm like, there, I don't know when it is. I don't have a way to prescribe it. But it's like if you keep doing that. It goes from being like a normal behavior, which in this case is, I would say is a princely behavior or a princess mm-hmm. behavior of like, Hey, I'm trying to figure out, I got lots of passion. I got lots of curiosity. I'm trying different things. But then eventually if you just keep, keep stuck in that phase, then you get passed over because people are like, no, well, we actually need warriors. We need, we need you to settle down on something and to, you know, take up arms and, and push forward. Um, yeah, I think that's really fascinating. What a fascinating work. Now, this is an interesting framework. How have you found this helpful as you've been engaging with your team at the church or with other, you know, with other churches? Yeah, I mean, I think sim- pretty simply, it's, it's, you know, it's something that, you know, just trying to kind of build out. Obviously, it's something yeah. new, but, you know, I've, um, in the culture meetings that we have here at the crossing, when I stand in front of the team, it's become language that you'll hear them use, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so as we've mm-hmm. kind of unpacked it a little bit Love in a it. facilitated way, now you'll start to hear, yeah, he's that, you know, that's a prince thing or he's like, not in a, not in a, um, detrimental way, but more in a like mm-hmm. understanding way. Um, yep. and then as, as, as this is something that has started to take some form, there mm-hmm. have been a lot of occasions with teams and churches that this has been really helpful, you know, in mm-hmm. that work on it rhythm mm-hmm. that I'm talking about, this would be an example of something mm-hmm. where, Hey, we've got an hour or two hours. We're going to sit and we're going to, we're going to wrestle with this. Where are you? Um, where is your team? What is your best contribution? Are you leaning into the dark side a little bit? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, your listeners mm-hmm. are already going, yeah, this is a rich conversation that they can mm-hmm. have. Interesting. Interesting. So good. Well, I love this. This is so helpful. Um, what a, what a cool framework. I, as we went through this, I, you know, I was just recently in the last six months, I was talking to a King, um, in your language who, um, they, they were, they've come to a bit of a, a crossroads where they're, they're feeling that pressure of like, okay, so now what they're like, now, now what do I do? And, um, are, are really asking the question, am I going to warrior for the next 10, 15 years? Am I going to, you know, do I, do I have, you know, it kind of in me to continue on in a purpose or do I need to say, do I need to really switch to being a sage or a muse? And, 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 uh, and they definitely are feeling that, you know, I think that checkout thing really strongly because they're like, like my life just keeps running. It's fine. Like it's all, it's all fine. Nothing's not, you know, there's no, nothing's really, nobody's burning the bridges at the door. Um, we can keep going as we're going. So I just think this is really helpful. Lee. I appreciate this framework. This is great. Absolutely. I wonder if there isn't, I mean, anything to the quietly quitting conversation again, not a conversation we want to have again, but I don't, I I think this could, I think this could also contribute to some of that. Sure. If there was frustration on a team where they could have a better understanding of where they currently were and what that would demand of them. So I think, I think that would be really key. I would say Rich as well, before we close up is that, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody asked me, and I think it's true. I think that, again, I said, this is an age. I think there are things where it's a season, like I would say, in my executive pastor work, I'm a king. I would say in my grow minimum work, I'm probably in a warrior season, frankly. Mm. I'm using that king 
experience and direction. But as far as like what I'm doing and digging a oh, new yeah, that's thing out of the ground, it's kind of a yep. warrioring. So that's where mm-hmm. I think sometimes even a king might say some of the people you referenced, it may be time for them mm-hmm. to find, if they're not ready to be a sage, they need mm-hmm. to find an area of their life where they can mm-hmm. warrior again a little bit, yeah, right? And totally. lean in a little bit if yep. they're feeling bored or those things. So I yeah. think it's just a, I think it's a, it's, I think it's just a healthy conversation. Interesting. Thanks discussion. for letting us That's have it. So Rich. Good. Yeah. It's so great. Now we'll, we'll in our show notes, what we've got like a, you put together a slide that talks through all of these. Um, I'd encourage you friends, you should take that print it, maybe hang it in your desk somewhere, uh, or, you know, in your office, it might be something that could be interesting to uh, come back to time. And again, as you're thinking about your team and wrestling through, now, Lee, I want to make sure people get a chance to connect with you just as we close up. Where do we want to send them online to to talk to connect with you, with the church, with Growmentum? Where are all the places that we, they can chase you down? Absolutely. It's really simple. Obviously, um, if you're a social media person, I'm there. I'm living mm-hmm. life on social media like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so it's just simple. All of the handles there are at Lee Coate, L-E-E-C-O-A-T-E. I haven't left Twitter yet, so you can find me there, but mostly on, <laughs> on Instagram. But then more importantly, you can follow Grow Minimum Group. We're on Instagram mm-hmm. and you can email me specifically and I can have some conversations if you'd love for me or our team to have more conversations with you. If this conversation would be helpful to have in person or a Zoom, we can do that. But it's Lee, very simple, Lee at GrowMentumGroup.com. Lee at momentumgroup.com. I'm sure it'll be in the notes as well. So yeah, totally. I'd love to have a conversation with anybody who wants to have it, but praying for the leaders out there. It's not easy. Lean in. Mm -hmm. We're going to, we're, we're, we're gaining ground. So let's keep Mm -hmm. doing this thing. Love it. And, and friends, you know, I don't, so first of all, I think if, if anything today you've said like, oh, I think I'd like to talk to Lee or the folks at Growmentum, act on that instinct. Don't, don't just let that pass you by, reach out. So I, I don't do this for everybody. I really do trust Lee. I think he's, he, there's, there are people shocker who are in this market who see it as a market, but Lee doesn't. Lee sees it as a chance to try to help church leaders. I know he wants to help you wants to come alongside you and be a strategic outsider to help you think about these things. And I would strongly encourage, recommend, endorse that you reach out to him. uh, If you've got any questions, this would be a perfect year. If you do not have someone like Lee in your corner, this would be a perfect year to do that. So thanks so much, Lee. I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for coming. We'll have you back in the future. Love, uh, love talking to you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it, bud. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.